Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm excited to be able to speak today. And um, I'm usually, like like uh, Dan said, the animal from behind the drums. And um, uh, But I could speak from the drums if you want me to. I, I could try that out, but... Be a little weird, um, but we're we're in our uh, fourth week of sons and daughters, and um, we're talking about youth. And um, all right, I love my kids, okay, but sometimes I wonder, like, what is going on? Okay, um, well, just just watch this. Tell me about this new trend. So this is from a trend. So you take an oversized car pants from your father, and you know what you do? Okay, so normally it's normal pants, but then once you put them on as a kid, put them on, and you put it up to here. And it's a fashion trend. It's perfect. Yes. Um, so yeah, so, so that makes me wonder, like, what am I doing wrong, or maybe what am I doing right? I don't know. <laughs> um, but then, it just keeps going, and it, it might be going down, I don't know, let's, let's watch this next one. I don't know if that's, I don't know. I had zero to do with that. Nikki had zero to do with that. The twins were just in the back room with iMovie on the iPad and just having a blast. And they came out and they're like, let's show you our movie. And I'm like, oh, cool, okay. And then it came on. I was like, whoa. <laughs> we don't let them watch horror movies in our house. I just, I don't know what's going on. But um, we had nothing to do with it. But they are our children. So I don't know. Maybe we did. Um, but uh, kids say and do the darndest things sometimes, right? I mean, you just you just never know what a kid's going to say. You never know what they're going to do. Um, and I guess one of my questions is, where do they come up with this stuff? Where do they come up with it? Uh, I guess, you know, their own imagination, right? Uh, school, Internet, Fortnite, maybe. Does, anybody, does everybody know about Fortnite? If you ha- okay, most most of the parents with the like, like younger kids know it. Um, 
because I play with the kids sometimes, and I'm getting, like, wiped off the face of the earth by these little eight-year-olds that are, like, just destroying me in this game. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, but they, um, I, I don't know where they come up with this stuff. They come up with it from everywhere. But let's be honest. At times, it's possible that you may have doubted that this generation was going to ever amount to anything. I mean, ever amount to anything, let alone survive another day. I mean, just, just watch this. just makes you wonder. Oh, she's just out. She's just out. She didn't even stop. (laughs) (laughs) Knock it off, guys. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, you may have asked the question, if you have kids, or maybe you work with kids, or maybe you're in town and you see kids, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Maybe it's, what are you doing? Maybe it's, what are you doing? Like, some of the stuff, you just, I can't believe it happens. Um, the, immaturity, the immaturity of today's youth is mind-boggling. But, do you remember when you were a kid? Because I'm sure we can tell some stories. Um, I'm sure we can tell a lot of stories. This one time, we went to this little... Um, it was actually, it was a castle, essentially, in, in my youth group. Uh, we went on this trip to this castle in Pennsylvania somewhere, and it was kind of felt like a haunted castle. It was pretty cool, though. And um, we, <laughs> we were standing in this long, long lunch line, and uh, this kid came over to me. He's like, hey, hey, here's a water balloon. You should chuck it all the way up there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Wham! smashed off the wall, hit everywhere, and actually my youth pastor was standing right underneath it. And he turned around and had those evil eyes like, who just did that? You will pay. And he's like 6'4". So he comes walking up, and I'm like, it was me. I don't know what came over me. Like, I really didn't know what happened. Like, I don't do, I didn't do that kind of stuff. I was a pretty good kid. Just, you never know what's going to happen with kids. They're just crazy. Um... But the truth is, youth possess incredible potential and passion, which many of us wish we still had. Um, Many of us wish we had it to that level, that passion, that potential. I mean, kids could be anything. Ask a kid what they want to do, and they're like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. What do you want to do? I'm going to be president. You're like... You know that's really, really hard to do. I'm going to play in the NBA. Okay. I'm going to be like J.R. Smith. No. No. That was too soon. I'm sorry. Um, I actually wanted to be in the NBA when I was a kid, and then I realized it's not going to, it's not going to work out. Um, so, yeah, but they have dreams. And Robert Kennedy once stated, um, this world demands the qualities of youth. Not a time of life, but a state of mind, a temper of the will, a quality of imagination, a predominance of courage over timidity, of the appetite for adventure over the love of ease. I love that. 
I love that. Um, so, so kids are immature, all right, but they possess so much potential and passion. So how do the immature become mature? Considering our current series, all right, we're talking about sons and daughters, uh, maybe, maybe a more appropriate question would be, how do the spiritually immature become spiritually mature? In the book of Acts, uh, we read about Apostle Paul, and Paul was kind of, Paul was nuts, man. This guy just, this guy was crazy. He just, if he wanted to do it, he did it. And he just had all authority, uber confidence, sometimes to a fault maybe. Uh, this guy just was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the other side of the world. I'm going to walk up into their temple, and I'm just going to tell them how it is. And he did it, and it was awesome. But there was love behind it. This guy was amazing. So we heard a little bit, um, was it last week, about Saul and his conversion to Paul and um, he was, he was amazing. He did three missionary journeys, some say four or five, uh, but there's, there's most evidence for three. Uh, but we're picking up in Acts chapter 15 and um, at the end of Paul's first journey. Okay, So Paul uh, had a friend and had another guy with him. They went on this big journey, and um, we're going to pick it up in 15 verses 36 through 40, if we could put those up. And it says, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed, why not, and wanted to take along John Mark. Okay? But Paul disagreed strongly, since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John, John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, all right, and, uh, and they left and went their way. And it says, as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Um, so here's a little summary of Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark, all right. And uh, John Mark was Barnabas's cousin, all right. So there was some blood there, some family lines, and... Um, it was good. It was good. But the three set on a journey, and that's when it happened. John Mark, he can't hack it. He, he gets off of his island and his place where he's used to, gets on to this other place, and he's just like, uh, I'm out of here, guys. He bails. Um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Paul is ticked, all right, but he continues the journey with Barnabas. Fast forward to the beginning of their second journey. Barnabas says to Paul, Give the kid another chance. Come on. Give the kid another chance. And uh, Paul's like, mm, not having it. Nope. Nope. He did what he did to me before. I'm not going to let him do it again. Um, so Barnabas says, well, I'm not going without John Mark. And Paul says, I'm not going with John Mark. Okay, so um, we have a little problem here. So they ended up um, splitting up, separating, and going their different ways. Uh, Barnabas and John Mark go off together to Cyprus. Paul takes Silas. They go off together to Syria, Derby, and Lystra. 
And then we pick it up in Acts chapter 16. All right, so I'm just giving you a little background of this whole story because there's a lot. There's a lot, but we're just going to kind of, we're just chipping in little, little spaces to form the context here. Um, in, in verse 1, it says, Paul went first to Derby and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. So while in Lystra, okay, Paul hears about Timothy, and he knows this kid's got something special. He's like, he's already been working with a church, and um, he's, he's got such a good reputation in the community. His father is Greek. His mother is Jewish. Um, so they're going to minister to both Jews and Greeks. He can relate so well. Um, and he comes from a, a lineage of spirituality. His, his mother and his grandmother... Um, Lois and Eunice, I believe, were, were, were just awesome people in Christ, and they raised him well. So Paul says, I want Timothy. I want him. All right? And so he does. He, he goes to him, and he gets him. All right? And uh, Paul decides, I'm going to give discipleship another shot. All right? I tried with John Mark. All right? He joined a team, and he couldn't hack it. He bailed real fast. But I'm going to give it another shot here, and um, and he did. All right, Paul ends up um, just building this really amazing relationship with Timothy, and um, it's powerful. It's powerful. If you read the stories in, uh, in in many different chapters and and books of the New Testament, uh, Paul is like this guy is amazing. All right, he becomes beloved and faithful child in the Lord. You don't just say that about anyone. Beloved and faithful child in the Lord. A true son in the faith. He considers Timothy to be like a son to him. Like a son with his father. And then he, he starts to grow a little bit and, and mature. Timothy's growing and just learning how this whole ministry thing works. And, and Paul's like, man, this kid is nailing it. I see him as a brother and a coworker, it just it just went to the next level. He's like, not just a son. You're like a coworker. You're you're a peer. And eventually, we know that um, Timothy becomes kind of like a, a spiritual descendant to to Paul after Paul passes. Um, and and Paul comes to the end of his life, and he encourages Timothy in Second Timothy chapter four um, with four main charges concerning the gospel. To guard it, to guard it, to suffer for it, to continue in it, and to proclaim it. All right, so Paul is in prison. Um, he's, he knows, like, I've been in prison. He's been in prison before. I'm going to make it through it. This time, he's in prison, and he's like, I don't have a good feeling about this. He's older. He's like, my time is coming to an end, and... If you read that chapter 4 of, of 2 Timothy, it's powerful, man. He is like, I, it's basically writing like his will and, and everything that he could ever think of to say to Timothy, like his son, saying, I, I appreciate you so much. I want you to succeed so much. 
I want to tell you everything that I could ever tell you, and I'm telling it to you now. And, and it's a powerful chapter. And, um, and Paul says, if you get a chance to come visit me in prison, it would mean the world to me. And uh, some, honestly, we don't really know if Timothy ever got to go to see Paul in prison. Um, but it was kind of, it's kind of sad. And then Paul was martyred and uh, beheaded, I believe. And so it's, it's kind, of a, kind of a sad ending a little bit for Paul. But in that chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, he talks so much about, you know what? Listen, I fought the good fight. I ran a good race. I lived my life for Christ. I have no regrets. You do the same. You do the same, Timothy. You do the same. And um, it's powerful, powerful story. <clears throat> he was called to go, all right, and make disciples. And he was faithful till his death. That was Paul. And um, why would Paul dedicate his life to sharing the gospel with the world, like giving his life for the gospel, and, and going through that arduous task of training someone under him and trying to like speak life into them and build them up and, and when they fall, pick them up, and when they're hurt by them, forgive them and say, okay, all right. I believe in you, you're going to do this. I believe in you, you're going to do this. Why would he do that? Why? I mean, he could go and live the good life somewhere else, doing something else. It comes back to love. Love. Paul had an experience with Christ, and it rocked his world. Never the same again. Ever. Saw that light, changed his life, and he said, what's back there for me. There's nothing. There's nothing behind me. I'm going forward with Christ. And on my way up, I'm going to bring anybody I can with me. And it's awesome, this whole story. And Timothy is one of those guys that he brought with him. And it was all in the name of love. Today, we're starting um, a new X Factor. How many of you guys have been enjoying these X Factors? Do you know what I mean when I say X Factors? We, uh, help me out with some of these, Dre. What are some of our X Factors? We pray for the one or, uh, or m- many. Tithing, um, Proverbs, yes. I'm drawing a blank on them all right now. Thank you. Um, they've been amazing, though. They're like my favorite thing. I just can't remember any of them. <laughs> but, but yeah, so anyway. Um, but they're, they're powerful. And, and today I'm, I'm really excited about this one because, look, love is like, it's just, it's just who I am. It's, it's what speaks to me. It's what registers with me. Love. All right? I'm not a lover. Or I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I don't know what I am. Anyway, it's, it's all about love. And so today we're starting um, this new X Factor, and it's going to be reading 1 Corinthians 13 every day for a whole month. And I can't wait for this because if we actually lived the things that are in this, we would change the world. I mean, good things are happening, but if every single one of us lived like this every day, I mean, who knows what would happen. The potential that's there is just amazing. Um, And and we're going to be learning to see what true love really looks like. 
And uh, the bottom line is we're talking about discipleship today, and it's impossible to disciple without love. It's just impossible. It's too hard. It's too... Um, it changes... It disrupts your life so much. It's like, why would, I, why would I invite that? Why would I want that? But if you understand the love of Christ, what he's done for you, and what he's asking us to do for others, you get it. It's love. It's love. And I want to read this, 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to just... Uh, Jump around just a little bit. We're not going to read the whole thing. But it says in verse 1, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. It's powerful. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. I love that. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every single circumstance. And then skip right down to the end of verse 13. It says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I just want to go quickly through a model of discipleship for you um, that kind of follows what uh, Paul did for Timothy and um, just a few, five short things, and um, I want to kind of patch in 1 Corinthians 13 into this model of discipleship, because I think it's, it's powerful. The first one is, I walk to you. I walk to you. Love is not jealous. This was not the first thing that I thought when I thought this, but when I, when I went through this whole thing, I was really diving in, I'm like... Love is not jealous. And here's why. The goal of a mentor is to see his student do better and go further than he ever could. But sometimes we're afraid of losing the spotlight ourselves. Don't forget about me, guys. Remember how, remember how good I was? It's like a guy that retires from the NFL or something. He's like, guys, let's... I still could run a 40 really fast. I'm really, I could catch a ball really good. Don't forget about me, guys. And it's like, ooh, look, dude, you had your season. Now work into the lives of those who are in it now. You know, and, but it's like, it's hard. There's, there could be jealousy here. Like, uh, man, I want, I want to be 20 again. I want to be, you know, this whole jealousy thing. And it's easier to keep the recognition for ourselves than to share it with others. And that's honest to goodness truth sometimes. But when it comes to this model of discipleship, you have to be willing to put your personal feelings aside and approach the spiritually young for Christ's sake. Maybe it's fear or laziness that keeps us from going, but the bottom line is if Jesus thought 
everyone was worth dying for, then we can certainly overcome whatever might hold us back from going to that one. Amen? I walk with you. Love is patient. Keeps no records of wrongs. This stage is kind of like a, a training phase, a mentor and his protege. And uh, Paul patiently walked along with Timothy through his flaws and mistakes to get him to where he needed to be. Um, Paul didn't keep a record of wrongs. Or did he? He did a little bit with John Mark. Uh, he was kind of like, no, I know what he did to me before. I'm not ready to let that go yet. Not happening. But the good thing is later on down the road, he eventually gave John Mark a second chance and, uh, and actually developed an enormous amount of respect for John Mark and actually commends him in some of his writings, says, this guy, you need him. He's vital to the ministry. He's a good guy. And so they patch things up there. They work it out. Um, I'm going to say it. So... The cool thing about that is that even, even though there was this, um, this split between John Mark and Barnabas and, uh, and, and Paul, like this, this split, God worked through that. God worked through that. What looked like a really bad thing, it allowed the three to now become, three in one group, one group to become two groups. And they went out and they were able to reach more people through that and in some of the research for this that I was doing, it's amazing how that actually was such a good thing, even though it looked so bad at the time. So despite bad things that happen, God can bring good out of it. And it's, it's just powerful like that. So the question I have for you with this is, are you willing to stick it out with the immature when they frustrate or betray you? We walk together. Love is kind and does not demand its own way. It's hard. The kind part, okay. Demand its own way. All right, come on. Now you're getting a little crazy. That's hard. Um, we essentially become co-workers. And, you know, where the mentor and the protege, it's kind of like now they become on the same level and they, you know, they got to work together and they got to be kind with each other. And um, I liked what Carrie shared in week one of the series in Sons and Daughters. And it was about Mary and Elizabeth and how they celebrated each other's victories. I love that. They walked together. They celebrated each other's victories. They were willing to be vulnerable with each other. That's important. I mean, that sermon was phenomenal. They were, you have to be able to give and take. So you can't just um, demand everything for you and, and just take, take, take. You have to work together and, and walk with each other together as a team. Number four, we walk to others. All right, so we walk to others. And one of the ones that, from 1 Corinthians that stood out to me for this one. Love is always hopeful. You've, got, you've just gotten your driver's permit, and it's your turn to get in the driver's seat, but I'm here with you. That's kind of like what this is. Like, 
Uh, all right, for the longest time, I rode in the car with my parents, and I wanted to drive, and I wanted to drive, and I wanted to drive forever, forever. I mean, I don't know, Vonnie can probably attest to the fact I used to start the car every morning, and I'd, like, rev the engine. I was, like, nine years old. I'm, like, boom, 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 ooh, yeah, and I do this with the wheel, and I'm, like, yeah, I can't wait to drive someday. And uh, finally, I got my license at 16 in Pennsylvania. You're allowed to get it early, actually. Um, but it was that, that moment where I was just always in the back seat. Now I'm in a driver's seat. But I'm not alone. My mom and dad are still next to me. Or my sisters sometimes. I think you're good enough to go with me. I have to go to the store. Really, I just wanted to drive, but my sisters would come with me, and it was good. It was fun. Um, but that's this kind of phase. And... Uh, I believe, this is the kind of encouragement that comes out of this, is I believe you can do this. I believe. You're doing great. You're doing great. It's kind of like the transition's now starting to turn, like they're kind of giving over more ownership. And First um, Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity. So he's saying here, okay, you're young, but look, you're, don't let anyone look down on you. Be the example. You know, he's, he's encouraging him to be the example to all believers, to everyone in the world. And it's powerful. Number five, and the last one, you walk with them. So what's happened is, I walk to you, all right? I walk with you. We walk together. We walk to others. And finally, the torch is being passed. You now go and walk to them and walk with them. And I love this one, that um, love will last forever. That's just my alarm, sorry. Um, And now it's your turn to go. Now it's your turn to go. All right, we've been doing this thing together long enough. We're walking. You're ready. Now it's like the, the mama bird kicking the, the, <laughs> the little chick out. And just now it's time to fly. And uh, now you go and make his love last forever. And that's where that part ties in there. I love that. Love will last forever. And it, and it does when you follow this, that we're a team we build, we send. We build, we send. We build, we send. And the love just keeps rolling. Um, bottom line is the only path to maturity for the spiritually young is discipleship through patient love. Kids are hard to deal with. Spiritually immature people are hard to deal with. Okay? But the only way they're ever going to come to Christ. They're ever going to be who God created them to be. Is if we walk along with them and we love them and we're patient with them and we're kind to them and we don't record the wrongs and we rejoice with them when they rejoice and we just go on and on with 1 Corinthians 13, that love changes everything. And here's the thing. Without love, we are and gain nothing. I mean, think about that. It literally says that. 
We are nothing without love, and without love we gain nothing. Love is the answer, and love is the heart behind discipleship. So what now? All right, what now? One of Life Tree's core values is people are primary. Nothing in this world is more important than leading people to Christ. I mean, honestly, we could have ended after Andy said what he said, because that's it. It's the answer. It's the answer. Um, it's Christ. Christ is the baseline. Everything comes back to him. He's the great everything. <laughs> everything. Balancer, uh, Lord, everything. Um, but if Jesus was willing to die for people, all right, we can certainly make time in our busy schedules to share him with them. Amen? Do you agree with that? It gets hard. I know it gets busy and, oh, I'm supposed to be at this meeting, but I have a chance to talk with someone. The meeting will take care of itself. It'll work out. You get fired, God will give you a better job. All right? Don't worry. You got, a ch- you got a chance to talk to someone, and this may be their only chance to hear about Christ. Take it. Take it. I'm serious. Like, people, people are primary. They're more important than any business, any money, any property, anything. Um, the Great Commission says, go into all the world and make disciples. Young or old, everyone has a purpose and can change the world for God. Everyone can change the world for God. It just requires someone taking the time to love them to God. So I have a question for you. Who can you love to God? Who can you love to God? That's it. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. Dan probably knows like triple what I know about the Bible, okay? But yet he gave me the mic today. I don't know what's going on with that. But um, you just, God works in you. And, and that's so much more than you could ever do on your own. You just got to love. You just got to love people. So who can you love to God today? Who's your Timothy? Who's your Timothy? Look around your life. Is it a family member? Is it a friend? Is it an enemy? Who's, who's your Timothy that you, can, that you can begin to disciple or continue to disciple and maybe take it to the next level? Who's your John Mark? Who's that someone that you maybe tried and it didn't work out so well? And you're kind of like, oh, man, I'm, I'm burned on this whole discipleship thing. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm like a frightened puppy, you know, in the corner. And I don't want to give it another shot because I'll get hurt again. Um, get right back in the game. Get right back in the game. Go to that person and say, look, I don't know what happened. I don't know where we're at even right now with things. But let's start over because God's worth it, right? Um, It all comes back to love. I could have everything God and the world could offer, but without it, I am nothing and gain nothing without love. So what you do matters, okay? And if, if, if you'll take on the challenging task of discipling spiritual sons and daughters, you will see lives transformed forever. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's the great co-mission. You're not doing it alone. It's God and you. All right? he's, 
He's discipling you while you're discipling others is how this whole thing works. We're never alone in this. If you're willing to say, all right, God, do what you want to do in me. Use me to help the young, to help the old, to help the immature, to help the mature who are going through a rough time even. God will use you. It's just, are you willing? Um, the greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grand- grandchildren is not money or material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. I'm going to read that one more time. Billy Graham said this. The greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. Just remember what I said. God isn't asking you to do something he isn't willing to do himself. It's the great commission. He wants to do amazing things through you. He's right by your side, discipling you as you're discipling others. And you don't have to have all the answers. He's got them. Just love people and let God's love show through you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.